everyone. Welcome to Inside LAFC. We are in a stealth location somewhere in the LAFC Performance Center. A bunker. A bunker. Don't look for us. You won't find us. Well, you probably will because the door has a, a glass see-through. Uh, kind of blows that illusion. <laughs> hey, what's going on this week? Anything, they, anything they exciting? Too. You know, I had some huh? great Italian food the other night. Really? What's uh, the, rest, we'd like to drop some restaurant names. Uh, there is a place in Long Beach called Ellie's. Ellie's good. It is phenomenal. They have add pork. It to the list. I got to write things down because I'm old and I don't remember. Yeah. So they I'm do doing this. bruschetta or bruschetta if, you, if you're very Italian with pork butter. What is your favorite Italian dish? Oh, that's tough. I'm a big carbonara guy. I really like carbonara. I like a or, chicken scarpiello. Oh, okay. A little Just spice. Yeah. Allora. So Alex Dwyer, because we're in Alhambra is where the t- performance, I can say that, right? This is not top secret. Is we're in Alhambra. A lot of Chinese partnership families. with Cal State LA. We're yeah. near Cal State LA, so yes, you can see it's all it. secret. So Alex Dwyer, who does a wonderful podcast in his own right, and will be on there very soon as a tandem, right? Yes. Uh, he says no. Here it's, in a, Alhambra, it's a trio. It's okay. Good. He says we here in Alhambra great Chinese food, and he told me Szechuan impression, which I, I I think the the name needs a little work, but that's fine. I also went to go check out Tacos 1986 at their new location on Spring Street downtown. It was excellent. Yeah. Very good. Do we have to go? I, I asked you guys time? to go down there. I know. Rich, Rich Orozco went. Seth Burton, head of communications, went. And Kristen Kuhn, uh, marketing and partners. I like to me. use you as a guinea pig. Good. And you're alive. So I will go it's with you next time. Very filling. You know tacos, sometimes you can eat like 12 of them. Mm-hmm. There's like different, there's like tacos with tortillas on both sides. So it's very filling. So Photos from your Instagram did make me realize it was an air and not going with you. Yes. So I will say this. It will go with you next time for sure. Walk. Downtown is alive, a buzz. Fair. I mean, it's it's hot recently, so. <laughs> we have an interview. We're very excited about this. Uh, Taylor Twelman, arguably the leading voice of the sport here in this country, Major League Soccer. So he will sit down with us and we'll talk about the rivalry and the game itself. And we'll get his thoughts really about LAFC players too and where Wait, they what, rank. What game? We still haven't. Oh. Is there some? Dynamo, Atlanta. Am I? New England Revolution's coming. Oh, the I know it's a road match. I just remembered it's a galaxy. And for some reason, we don't have to take an airplane. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah, for once. Yeah. I'm actually going to cool. be there. I'm going to be there. Are I'm you going to be there? I will be there. Well, Come and say hello. It's going to be the. It's going to be an LA event, regardless of what happens on the field. This is all eyes are on here. We're at the train. All the local networks are here. We get a good media presence here, but it's obviously above and beyond. So this is very exciting. If you can't get there, it's on ESPN, or you can listen on 710 with the one and only Dave Denholm. Or hang out, hang around. Carson, it'll be a part. It's Friday night. It's going to be wild. Yeah. we got to plan something for afterwards, right? Yeah. I'm game. South Bay. I live in Redondo, so I'm close. I might Uber it to... And I'm in Long Beach. I will be. We will... Me and Lauren Terry... Guest of the, former guest of the show will be right. Ubering together from Long Beach. I know everyone's going to be there. ESPN's, I mean, I spoke to Hercules Gomez, not a guest here, but he has appeared on some programming on Taste of LSE. He'll be there. They're doing a recording there for ESPN, so it's going to be huge. He might have said something, one or yes, two things this week that people rounds, are talking about. And we put it on there. It's an LAFC town. I think there's no surprise there. And Okay, well, let's get, before we talk about the Galaxy, let's uh, take assess everything about where LAFC is and it's important because I think I'm maybe maybe a little reluctant to say it but not too much I'm starting to get more comfortable in saying it that that Houston Dynamo victory without Carlos Vela 
Two days after the disappointment of the Portland Timbers, in a very tough place to play where it is hot, although I spoke to Walker Zimmerman and said it can get a lot hotter. That wasn't really a factor, but that's an Says the guy it. that wasn't in the 18 that night. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I mean, he knows. Trust me, he knows. Playing down Dallas a, for so long. but Down a goal in the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. To come back and win that game. And again, Houston, and you in process may have wrecked their season because they can't afford to lose home games because nope. they're that good. That may be the best win of the season. That might be... Because we were all, I mean, I hate to say this, but we were all preparing, all right, we're going to have, we'll probably have a tie or a loss and we have a, not at all. That is such a response. And now they have six road wins, which is, I mean, they, they could they could feasibly win 10 of their 17 road games this yeah. season. It's I believe we had seven road wins all of last season. And that got them in the postseason. That got them cleanly into the postseason competing. Yeah. Because you win the Rose, you're going to be at the top. It's no question about it this year. They're firing away yeah, the best. Po- I mean, postseason, postseason is not the goal, right? Is that, is that, is that hubris? Is that too much? Is that uh, excessive to say that might be? That that Houston game was a big deal? Yeah. No, I, the biggest I, win? I, I, I kind of agree with you. And I think what's weird is it's, uh, as cliche as it sounds, was like a tale of two halves. And it's the way that they did it, right? Cliche. That first half. I never pegged you as a cliche guy. Well, that first half was the gut check, right? It was like, you guys, are you guys in this? Are you guys, do you guys want to do this? Um, and we put out that piece with Mohamed El Munir after that goal-saving tackle, and that was kind of like the first foothold that they were able to get and kind of start to get out of their own end because Houston was coming in waves. I mean, Albert Halise was just looking, basically looking at the ball carrier going, you see me? Go. Yeah. And they were going, and they were going direct, and it was working. Um, LAFC, were, it was that, you know, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. Literally, it looked like they were punched in the face. And then slowly but surely, they get going, they get going, and then Houston's got to go into halftime. Go wait, we're level. Yeah, it's one-one, and then you bring in Latif, you bring in Diego to run fresh. Perfect. And that's plan worked perfectly again for Bob, which right. happens a lot. Well, like Bob said, that's when we started to see our team play our football. So that's why I say it's kind of a two halves. Where the first one was just like they gutted it out, they gutted it out, they got the goal, they got in even. The second half was where we started to see Latif took over that match literally, and then Mark and Lee were able to just dictate play everywhere, and they were. They were running wild. I, I think it went from, I mean, Houston still had some chances. Tyler Miller made a great save at 2-1 on at least off a header. But as much as we said Houston should have been up by a lot in the first half, I think in the second half, Houston's got to be like, man, 3-1? It could have been worse. That's why the El Manier play was so big. I, I, I'm i comfortable in saying if they that goes in, they're up 2-zip. LAFC are losing that game. Oh, and by a lot. And then it's the, the door's open. Houston can be very... Uh, selective on their chances. I think it's that play was a difference between not one and three points. That was a difference between zero and three points. I'd say with complete comfort. Yeah, absolutely. I think he doesn't make that play. We're looking at four heads go down five zero. Yeah. And Muhammad even said to us when he started to make the run, it, it wasn't, he said in his head, it wasn't like he knew he was going to get there. He was like, I'm just going to try. We'll see what happens. And he gets there. And I think the whole team kind of looks at that moment and goes, Hey, if that guy's doing it, I got to do my part, and we got to pick it up, and they, they did. Okay, we're we're gonna have just two segments this week because yeah. we know what you want to talk about, and it's the L.A. Galaxy, and this will be another road game, although it's close. But they could get road win number seven. I think most people, if, would be surprised if the Galaxy take any points from L.A.F.C. the way they're going. So, this is a chance. For not only LFC to get that elusive first win, and we just had the media here, and everyone was talking about it. Hey, is this your bogey team? And the team was like, well, we've only played it's three games. It's it's not. But if the Galaxy win this, uh, the narrative changes, and they become 
their season is hanging over the precipice. Even though they're safely in the playoffs, they'll have a challenging schedule. They have to play LAFC twice. No one wants to have that on their schedule. Nope. Even though it's the, the, the rivalry in Derby, their season's hanging over the precipice. They just finished a game against San Jose at home where they allowed 32 shots. David Bingham was the, probably the goalkeeper 14 of the week. saves. It's a record, right? Or it's, it's I think it was second best. Second. That is alarm bells all over Dignity Health Sports Park. And they could fix a lot of things with an LAFC victory. But if you're just looking at form, you take emotions out of it. This is a situation where LAFC could be looking, they should be looking at another five-goal performance. The way it's set up. But it's not set up. We know there's much more at stake here and there's much more at play. Yeah. I mean, it's a derby, so you always you you look at it and you say, based on form, based on what I'm seeing, based on the eye test, all those things, and you say, uh, yeah. I mean, I think we know who the better team is. We know who has who's more comfortable in their ways, more comfortable in their style, more comfortable in their football. But then you go, man, it's a derby, and you're like, anything can happen. But I think the, as much as we yeah we talk about the bogey team, I think LAFC the initiative might be to say like. Man, if we win this game, one, they want to win every game. They, they're they saying the right things. They're walking around here saying, look, we go into every match, home and away, we want three points because we have aspirations of Supporter Shield. You don't get a Supporter Shield by beating a certain team. You get it by beating all the teams. So they're saying those type of things. But I, back in their mind, they're probably thinking, you know, this could end the Galaxy season with the run that they're on because they, they have to play us. They would have to play us again. I believe they have to play Seattle twice. They have Portland in there at Portland. Um that's not, it's a tough, it's a tough stretch for the galaxy. So I don't even, I don't even honestly don't even know if, if the galaxy were to win this game, what that does. Cause I look at a team and Taylor talked about this in our interview. I look at a team that doesn't seem to have an identity, idea, yeah. have a style. And Taylor didn't say it. And I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to ask him about it, but it's a lot of miss. Well, yeah. Is a lot, is Laton in this case, don't click together. Well, is he your, the albatross in this case? Like, you want Zlatan, right? He's a great player. Um, he can win games by himself. He obviously, there's games where, like the Toronto game, does nothing, then two goals, finishes it off Toronto. Right. Like, literally. But if you're uh, GBS and you're saying, I want to I play in this certain way, there's a big guy up top that you have to account for. And you can't yeah. play maybe in the style that he's used to with, you know, he had like a Carlos Tevez type character, something like that. His front runners are much different from what Zlatan brings. Yep. And we saw that against, as we touched on the Portland, where Brian Fernandez was able to hold up the two defenders. And generally in LAFC games, there's a license for either Zimmerman, generally Zimmerman, yes, to go up there and be part of the process of creating goal opportunities. Once they win possession and turn the ball over, that's what they'll look to do. And that game in particular, Zimmerman and Segura were traditional stay-at-home center backs, pegging on either side of Brian Fernandez. But at they don't have Brian Fernandez uh, with the Galaxy. I've liked what the Galaxy have done in, in individual situations here. Uriel Antuna has been a revelation. I like him a lot. I think Jonathan Dos Santos with the keys to that midfield gets them on track. A few bright spots here and there. Nothing with consistency. Zlatan, enough goals to say, okay, he's an active participant. But nothing is a collective team. And they, they, they've had this long, drawn-out transfer with... Uh, Christian Pavon, Christian Christian Pavon, who was on the field with Argentina in the last World Cup, so that shows you the caliber of player. Although 
That doesn't look like it's happening. Didn't make the Copa America. Didn't right, make the Copa America. So his things, but they, they, that's been really holding things up. It was a done deal. Nothing's really gone the Galaxy's way, culminating with that loss to the Earthquakes. Uh, they got smashed out of the U.S. Open Cup by the Timbers. They need help. This is a huge game for them because I think in the case with Houston, it was a defeat that could ultimately kick them out of the top seven in the West, which means no playoffs. And second through 9-10 in the West is really getting tightly packed. I think we saw Minnesota. They won. They moved up to third. It's really tight. Everyone's been set adrift off the back wheel of LAFC. And so Galaxy's in there. And you know what's interesting is they have those that top 10 MLS releases it. The polo oh, top teams. The rankings, Galaxy yeah. are never in there, even though their record would suggest they're a top 10 team. So it's the eye test. It's unbelievable. You know, because you look at. Uh, I, Something's I just, not well with them, and people are noticing, even though right now they were the second best team point wise just a couple weeks yeah, ago. I peeped in just quickly to look at that San Jose game at, at a certain point. It was 1 1 0 Galaxy. But then I was like, what's what's going on here? I wanted to know a little bit more, and I don't want to have to watch rewatch the whole game. And then that's when I started looking at the statistics and it's like three shots to 10 from San Jose. It's like, no, San Jose is just trying to find their way through the game. And then you realize that they only, Galaxy only scored on a corner. I mean, the, the metrics are not in their favor. And again, Zlatan can gloss over a lot of those things because he can score goals. That Toronto was hammering them. Zlatan ghosts in. I, I mean, he can't ghost in. He's huge. Uh, he, he shows up though. He gets two goals. And he covers over a lot of the cracks, but... You know, when you talk about tactics, look at what that team does. They they cross the ball a lot. I know this has been said over and over. They cross the ball a lot. Don't have much push through the center of midfield unless unless Jonathan Dos Santos is having himself a game, which he can only do so much putting out fires all over the place and then also get forward. So it's the difference between a collective and, you know, a superstar possibly winning you a game all the time. And again, a superstar can win a derby. When matches are tight, they can end up pulling it off, but... It's just in such stark contrast to LFC, who has the best player in the league, most goals, tied for most assists, but at the same time, the unit behind him is what drives this team forward. It's it's that midfield of Latif, Mark, and Edward Lee this past week. I mean, these guys know what they're doing, and they know how... with those assists. Yeah. You talk about putting your hand up when you need it. That's a, a, We were wondering about his role, and we get a little impatient, but there it is, and he, he took his chance. Seize the day. And we, we say that over and over again about LAFC players. When they slip off out of that starting 11, they seem to come back and they, they, they find a role. And that says a lot about the relationship between the coaches and the players. Well, I mean, let me ask you, could you see a reality where the Galaxy play us off the pitch no. in terms of style? Maybe in terms of uh, aggression, physicality. I mean, you got a guy like Rolf Fleischer who's a right back. I mean, the guy looks like a linebacker. He's yeah. a big dude. Fielcher. Um, and I, I, and I would say this, I, I'm, I've been asking the players this week, what, what needs, what do you need to see in the first five to 15 minutes? And they just, they said, we need to go in there unafraid and ready to meet the level of both the team on the pitch and what, what might be brought from the stands. And I think they're right because, uh, I'm, I'm well within my rights to say, I, I guarantee that they're going to take maybe a Liberty or two with, uh, Diego Rossi or Carlos Vela early. I, why wouldn't they, every match that we played against them, that they've had this, this little, you know, maybe a hard foul here. Hey, well, I'm only going to get a yellow card. We're in the first 10 minutes. They're going to do it. The one thing that's it's, it's fascinating about this is the season's gone by and, you know, a, a rivalry with the Timbers has been fortified. There has been, uh, you know, a, a, the continuation of the Real Salt Lake 
rivalry with the the loss at the end of the playoffs. And this LAFC Galaxy situation, because of the scheduling, is lying dormant. I don't mind it. I, there's a game in July and the game in August, so we'll know a lot more about these teams here. In the next. But the fact it's just sat there while this whole season has played out, I don't know how that is going to manifest itself in the game, but it is something because everyone's, everyone's talking about each other and, and life has been going on for these teams in yeah. the meantime. And for the Galaxy, I mean, you talk about LAFC, but their mind has been elsewhere with the transfer getting with their players uh, at the Gold Cup. And for LAFC as well, I think, I think last season it was like LAFC Galaxy. LA, it was like that th- through line. And there's moments where you almost – it's going to change here after this game for sure. But it's kind of been – you've been put off your plate because so much other stuff. And I, I haven't really missed it because it's been so great to be part of this club with so many things. Now that it's here, it's not the same feeling that it was a year ago where you're just like it happened in March. Yeah. You're like, here it is. Hits you like a fist. Well, I think that's why a lot of these guys are saying, like, what's this talk about bogey team? Yeah, like, exactly. Because it's like we haven't seen them, they haven't seen them all yeah, season. Like they haven't it's seen them. They haven't played, it's almost been like 10 months, 11 yeah, months. Haven't played into their play. mind. They've been flying. You know, they're like, we're number one in the league, bogey team. Like, yeah. Because yeah. honestly, and look. That's they, part of the, uh, the, the, the narrative for yeah, sure. And they want to win this game no matter what. But they're looking at it this way. Look, even if we drop points. They get a point at home. They're probably high fives in the locker room. You know, if they yeah. take our, guys. Yeah, whereas LAFC is like, well, we wanted three points, we didn't get it. Now we're disappointed in that, but that's just because we want to get three points every match. They're gonna, they're not gonna say that. No, yeah, they're our bogey team because yeah. like they haven't seen them honestly, and they don't. I, I mean, this is that the classic like Real Madrid Barcelona thing. Would you take beating Barcelona if you're Real Madrid? Do you take beating Barcelona twice over the title? I mean, most fans yeah. say, yeah, we'll be we'll be Barca twice. We don't care about the title. We'll put it away. But this team again. They want to be the Galaxy. I know that there's there's some animosity, but there's also this real f- dead set focus on two things. Playing their football. And That's what they all said. Winning the cup. And yeah, it's like and we winning don't. the cup. Not There's no, we want to play our football, win the cup. And oh yeah, we want to beat our rivals. I mean, that that, that goes without saying if you're a player. but It was very telling because we heard from Stephen Betashore and we heard from Bob. We heard from Vela and Rossi uh, moments ago. And they all kind of said, this, our goal is bigger. The players aren't being bogged down. We, the fans, kind of get bogged down by it. But LAFC is bigger than this game. I think last year it was like rivalry, rivalry. That's all going on. But LAFC, the season itself has become the best story. And I think that's healthy because I think Real Madrid, Barcelona, you obviously mark your calendar, but their seasons go on. There's so much going on that you go along for the ride. You don't go, oh, well, I'm waiting for the days for this game. We're not. Mm-hmm. This story has unfolded, and it's been great to be along for the ride. So again, I don't want to diminish it, but I haven't felt that part, and the players certainly have it. I'll, when I'm there at the, at the stadium on Friday, I'm sure emotions will certainly swirl inside. But it's it's part of the big picture, and I'm happy with it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think there will be a little bit of extra thrust. But if you know, the best way I can put it is like Real Madrid when they won those three. Champions League finals, people would say like, there's just something about them in finals. What do they do? It's because the game is not bigger for them. They're like, we know what we can do as long as we do it and we don't look at the moment, we don't assess ourselves within the moment. Because when you're thinking about the team last year, like you said, it seemed like every game was like a precursor to the next Galaxy game. So it takes you five to 15 minutes to play in the game. Whereas Real Madrid, like in those finals, they just show up and they go, we're Real Madrid. <laughs> we play in finals. We are the we'll probably, we are the marquee. Yeah, we'll be back again. So they basically show up and they just play their game. And I think that that's going to, beho- it only behooves LAFC for it to come at the time it does because they can say, yeah. 
Look at our body. Point. Look at our body of work throughout this season, guys. If we continue to just our body of work, it doesn't matter if there's a galaxy in front of us or a Club America in front of us. We're gonna play and we're gonna compete and we're probably gonna win games. It's 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 stunning. Look, if they lose the guy, yeah, we're gonna be disappointed. But the big picture is a historic season. And I, but the things I don't think they're gonna. I just don't see it. Like you said, they're not gonna get run off the park. They're not. Uh, Maybe some bounces don't go their way, and maybe a goal goes against, and there's some frustration like we may have saw, seen against the Portland game. Or, you know, look, LFC have not been perfect. We, we started, we ended the month of June with a loss at Colorado, and then disappointment of losing to Portland. But we, where we talked about July, I kinda we think did that, Black and Gold show. Do you feel like that loss to Portland, it might, I mean, it's not a good thing. It's it not the best thing. It's based on the response of Houston, and they responded. The response of Houston, and also the fact that now they're like, Okay, that's one less trophy we could have won. We have to bear down that much more on this. I'm just saying, I think from hearing from them, because I thought, because usually they're pretty level-headed and they're like, yeah, we lost. They're pretty they're pretty beat up about it. Like, yeah. They did not want to go out of that tournament because they legitimately looked at it and There's- said, we have a road to the final. All we have to do is get past this game. And they weren't able to. And I think that disappointment is something they can really transform. But they didn't dwell on it, and they responded. So we talked about the Black black and Gold Show, which you can see on YouTube TV. Add it to your library. If you don't have YouTube TV, I'm going to stop talking to you very soon. So don't. Yeah, we all picked that Houston game as the one. All right, we all, we all said, where are they going to drop points? Yeah. We all said Houston. So this is what they've done in July. We'll take out the result with uh, Portland. 5-1 win in Kansas City. 6-1 win at home against Vancouver. 3-1 win at Houston, so you got the two road wins, and now we get to those two games that we were all our mouths were watering at Galaxy, Atlanta to wrap up July, and we said, "All right, they'll probably take." I mean, at this point, with their MLS calendar, I think they have a really good chance here to go five and zero. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the schedule is not congested. You're getting back into regular you, rhythm. You've done the heavy. You've done the hard part. Yeah, July looks good. Looks really set up now, and it. It is funny that all the 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 normal trappings that we would say, oh, it's got to be this game. And the Houston one was screaming for it, and we uh, you know, we kind of said it internally. Go, okay, we're gonna probably. I thought we'll, Max we'll and I were playing in that L-Column. game, and we were ready to go in that game. <laughs> Me and you. I'm not playing. Houston. You're you're a left sided player. It would have been you versus Albert Helise. How would that have gone? No way. He's putting that Panther mask on my watch. No way. La, La Pantera Negra. No chance. Okay, so um, we've we've covered a lot of ground. I think the July picture, but look, we'll focus on the galaxy. Is there is there something we're overlooking about what they can do? Is there? We know Zlatan is it's a distraction. I, I, I just wanted to add that, like, at the end of last season, it, we were in the office. I mean, what was the thing when we, when we were looking for our playoff pairing? What didn't most people did not want? They did not want to face the galaxy because there was a fear that they would end their season. And they said, I would rather face someone else. And it ended up being real Salt Lake and the season was in it. I go, I'd rather face somebody else uh, and lose to them than face the prospects. I mean, you always want to win, but the club was, it was a different club than it is now. Yeah. And I was going, I want the Galaxy. This would be an event. Like, oh, we don't want the part of it. They didn't want the Galaxy to make the playoffs, which they did not. And by the way, if you look at the Galaxy and their struggles, didn't make the playoffs last year. Worst team in the league in 2017. I mean, they're better, but this is still, uh, I mean, they're still repairing this club from the transition from Bruce Arena and everywhere. But it's, now I think I'm feeling like bring on the Galaxy. But it's, the, it's still mysterious because we haven't faced them. Am I saying we too much for the LAFC? It's, it's, no, it's, we, 
I probably should stop. Uh, we do get paychecks from the club. Okay, that's so true. They pay my we, bills. So until I, I someone had, else pays the bills. Yeah, it, took, I, it took me a while to get over that too, but oh, then somebody's like, yeah. they pay I got you. over it quick. Um, <laughs> we get free stuff sometimes. Black and gold, baby. But I also like to thank the folks. We don't have our tattoos yet. We haven't like, got a tattoo. Like Ben Chi. I'm waiting for my contract extension. Next, do you have any tattoos? I do not have any tattoos. <gasps> I will, I'm welcome to have a tattoo. But if I get a, con- a contract extension, which I think right now would probably be on the, then I'll get the tattoo. Mark it. That's another, that will, that's a year from now. Tom Penn, make it happen. Tom Penn, make it happen. I'm talking to you, Tommy. <laughs> Tom, I mean, <laughs> Mr. President. Uh, I'd yeah. love to. I it, if that if that comes to fruition, which I, I I'm sure probably will. I want Tom Penn to be there when you get tattooed. And okay. I think he'd do it. Done. We'll do it. He's he's. We'll game. do it on the pod. Yeah. We'll do it Ooh. on the pod. So I guess to, to get back to that point, there's no the fear of the galaxy playing it is gone. But we'll know more here in this game. But I think it. I I I would be stunned if if things. But, take an abrupt turn. But you know what? I think it's not because we know more about the galaxy. It's because we know about this team. Yeah, 1,000%. Because, because in the second season, we we said, you know, we can look at little failings here and we can look at X's and O's, but we said, like, where could we really improve? And it's it's in that buying in and in that belief. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't express how much more this team believes in itself than even last year. And it, it, it's coming through in the process because, look, they're on pace to, to upgrade by 20 points. Anytime, look, even if you're the last place team and you upgrade by 20 points, you're doing something huge. So if you're a team as good as LAFC with the parts that they had and you're up getting by 20 points, it's not with a big signing. It's not with a change of system. It's just a buy-in and belief. And I think that's where we, when we look at it and we say, they don't have a chance. It's because we know kind of the, the mentality of these guys we keep seeing. And I don't think, aside from Zlatan or, or freaky moments, there's no X factor that I see from the Galaxy that I'd say like, I'm, wor- I'm worried about that. We'll find out all these answers to these questions on Friday. If you're getting out the stadium, be safe. We'll see you out there. And I, I'm already anticipating one heck of a post-party. You're all invited to Vince's pad in Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out a place. But I, I anticipate Friday's going to be, uh, let's just put it Sleeping in a little bit Saturday. It's, it's going to be. We're, we're gonna, a lot of people are going to start their, their, their weekend with a, with a pretty – substantial hangover yeah start get your hangover cure prepared for Saturday morning I'll say say this lots of fluids though it will be wild please be safe just remember this guys win in the stands win on the field those are the two most important things for our club so I I know that this is something that is stressed by the leaders of the supporter groups but if you have not heard that saying before just keep it running through your mind win in the stands win on the field and we all win yes and we'll see it's going to be a magical night and you we're just repeating this, but we know when we speak to the supporters that you guys are absolute first class and you don't need us telling it, but we're just saying it just for the casual. That's for not the casuals. I love we're going to get to the Taylor Twelman interview now. And this, we will remind you to subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends because we, we, we talk about LAFC, but we're bringing in some of the biggest guests nationally to talk about the club, about everything else. That's the promise we're trying to do. I think you're going to really enjoy it, but leave us reviews and comments and we appreciate it all and we look for growth here. But that's coming up next on Inside LAFC. Enjoy the game Friday. Taylor Twelman joining me and Vince here next. With the best player, Ellis looks to get on it. That's a golazo. That's a golazo. No, it's not from Albert Ellis who chipped it up top. Absolutely sensational stuff from Mohamed El Munir. This should have been 2 0, Gary. Goalkeeper comes up. We're back here on Inside LFC. Max and Vince and a very special guest special gracing us here. Taylor Twelman, the man who really. You, what? First of all, tell us a little about your week. 
You're here to call. You're here. How you're, about my last 28 hours? You're in LA to call the whatever we're going to call the LA the LA Derby El Tráfico. There's a lot of what names are we for calling it. it. We're not calling. What, what would you, you guys like to? It? I'm I'm going to stick with El Tráfico. It's the name that they people picked. I don't yeah. love it, but it's yeah, the name that it. the people picked. I don't either. I will say this though, like as I don't like that name as much. The rivalry feels as organic as any of them in our league. Yes. And I, I say that with all due respect. Obviously, Portland, Seattle, and Montreal, Toronto set the bar very high because it's been around for years. Even my father played in those. But when I honestly look at it, the three games – so it's hard on the name because I'm like, ah, I don't yeah. like the name, but I love the rivalry. So yeah. I'm like, whatever. Better names. I won't not- call it El Trafico. I won't just because right. – it doesn't flow right. I don't think you got to give it time. Yeah, yeah gotta I, cook I it up. Like a, yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna simmer a little bit. <laughs> um, my last thirty six hours is easy. I did Seattle versus Atlanta. Took a red eye to Boston. Changed my clothes. Um, flew to L A at five thirty <laughs> this morning. I will do this podcast with you guys. I will interview. This is why you're here in L A. Just 100%. do the podcast, yep. and then he's um, doing some stuff with the the boot room and ESPN yeah, FC. Yeah. You could see them on the before. In case we don't forget it, you'll be calling the game Friday with John yeah. Champion. On, is it ESPN? Yes, ESPN. It's big rivalry week. Big one, Friday night, prime yeah. time. But you are doing some stuff here that you're heading out to Portland. Yeah, so I got Walker Zimmerman, Bob Bradley in the Heineken boot room, and then I fly to Portland, do a game Thursday night, and then Friday, I'll fly down here and do LA, LA, and then Saturday morning, fly to Atlanta. Atlanta this is what you DC, wanted. Then come this back. is what you signed up for. Yeah, you <laughs> talked me into it. And for the listeners yeah. at home right now, for this, so they understand this, it was right after the World Cup in 2010 I got asked by Tom McNeely, good friend of Max and I's, and we literally goes, "Do you want to call a couple games?" And meanwhile, I'm still playing, right, Vinny? So I'm like, "Yeah, I, sure." And he's like, "One's with Rob Stone, and the others with Max Bredos. You couldn't get two better guys to like be uh, thrown into the balls. deep end. They're just yeah. right, lobbing you thrown into the deep end. Yeah. Well, the softball was the night before Max and I hung out, <laughs> and we decided to get seafood, and then we decided to. I used to have a. Rehearse the show. Stomach. Max could rehearse the show because his stomach was a little upset. And he looked at me about 10 minutes in. I'll never forget. He's like, you really want to do this? Live television. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun, actually. Well, you've picked the right one. You've done great. See your growth. It's been, it's, been, it's been really nice. And uh, to imagine you in a few years is going to be even better. Because I know you always, this is, we're not going to talk too much about you. This is not what we're talking about the Derby. But Good. to see how much you've improved and, and how much you want to improve. I don't think a lot of people do that, so. More power to yeah, you. Yeah, but that's also because I came into a company like ESPN where you literally yes. were the first soccer guy to get through the barrier of that and then do Sports Center. Um, me being a athlete that played soccer, not a soccer player that was an athlete, it's an interesting distinction for a lot of people. I know a lot about other sports, maybe more so than right. I know about soccer. Don't tell ESPN that. But the point is, if I can do that, then I'm gonna. Then I'm at least gonna have an impact on this sport, and that's still my number one. I'll get to. It. I do want to ask you one thing. If you there's a lot of guys that want to get. In, what would you? What advice for an ex player who wanted to get in broadcasting? What advice would you give them? Uh, you've got to be able to hear your voice. There you right. Go. If you want to be a broadcaster, you've got to get over the nastiness of hearing your own voice. And all of us, <laughs> all of us that have done this for a living, will say, "Oh, at the first 10, 15 times you hear your voice, you literally want to puke. You don't want to do it. If you can get over that and honestly roll up your sleeves and try to do it, I think it's a fun profession. It's eerily similar to playing because every single game's different. And Max will tell you this, Vinny, but it's so different than college football." Or the NFL because it's programmed. It's the play happens, replay, replay. So it's set. The best part about soccer, learning this, 
is every single play second is something different. Every game's different. Uh, that's why it's I liberating. enjoy it because I'm yeah. not sure now doing soccer, Max, I'm not totally sure I could do the other sports that are so choreographed in time, in timeouts and whatnot. Mm. I think it'd be a little difficult to do that because, you know, that's why Doc Emmerich wins all these Emmys because he actually calls a hockey game very similar to a soccer game. Yeah. That's interesting. I think there's a lot of crossover between those two sports, but that's great advice. It makes sense, yeah. right? Because you feel canned. When, yeah. when it's scheduled, it's canned, Absolutely. right? And what you're doing is almost like an improv. Yeah. In a lot of Which ways. Which free, it's there's freedom. Trouble, but got me in trouble a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot. That's why Max has a teleprompter just for this podcast. <laughs> Come on. Hey, let's, we'll switch to the rivalry. We talked about the name, but, you know, I talked to, to Vince about it, this a lot, and we were saying, this is, I think this is going to be the biggest rivalry in the league sooner than later. I think it's going to resonate globally because the two teams are so close. Where do you see it going? Ooh, that's a tough one for me. Uh, just because the way Portland, Seattle, and that history, yep. Montreal, Toronto, there's actually real hatred in those rivalries. Um, I think this is going to be a huge part of the league when we are all old enough and we're grandparents and we're looking back talking about the league. We're going to remember 2018 and the birth of LAFC versus LA Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, but but you're talking to an NASL kid, right? So when I hear about rivalries, my father will literally jump in and it's Portland versus Seattle. It's Vancouver in that mix. It's Montreal versus Toronto. Um I'm just surprised this took off so quickly. Hmm. Now, and with all due respect, New York City and the Red Bulls, the first couple games are great, but then it kind of died yeah. off. There's no way this one's dying off. Now, is part of that because of, and I know we're talking about LAFC, but is part of that because Latan's heroics in game one? Absolutely. But it's also because LAFC absolutely destroyed the Galaxy in the first 45 minutes. Like when you think of the way they played in that game and in the second one, it just sets it up with a bang. I just love that. Um, but to say it's going to be the best in the league, Max, that's a difficult one for me. I am wearing black and gold spectacles, so when I say that. But, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you about that because it's it's a competitive uh, situation with regards well, to these it, rivalries and their pecking order. It's stars, it's proximity, but it's also the matches that we've seen. You yeah. brought up the first yeah. 45 minutes. We've actually seen some football, as Bob will call it, mm -hmm. on the field, whereas a lot of the rivalries we say, like, oh, they just hate each other. Okay, I need more. We need more. In European games, we see actual games. We see actual hatred, but we see actual games with styles and things like that. Uh, the Gal Again, we're here for LFC. The Galaxy style is still yet to be kind of determined. Well, they don't have any. Yeah, they, they don't they have don't any. Know that yet. Uh, but when you see us go out there, and that's, that's, that's where it tilted, though. You see us go out there, and we, we have a style. We have a definitive way to play, and the Galaxy still managed to tilt, tilt it back the other way. That's where that rivalry yeah, comes you, from. You've got to have those moments, right? You've got to have those moments where the vi there's got to be villains. Max, you and I have had this conversation yep. from the moment I retired. We don't have enough villains in this league, right? So you have to have those moments that create a villain. I'm just shocked so quickly in a rivalry. You got that in all three games. And people listening are going to say, well, 1-1 one, one, may not have it, the scoreline, but LAFC was all over the Galaxy in that one, right? So, And yet they had to come back and get a result out of that one. Um, I just love the way both teams are going at it. I do hope for the rivalry's sake that Scalotto and LA Galaxy figure out that pretty quickly and what that style is. I don't think it's going to be in 2019. Uh, but the way Bob Rowley has taken over LAFC in the first two years, there's a distinct style of play. But think of this, guys. They missed on a designated player. Yeah. Absolutely missed. 
Strike one, strike two, strike three. And they, ha- they ha- it hasn't even skipped a beat. And they, and they have that DP in their pocket. My goodness. Like, I, I was thinking about this on the plane. I can't remember in MLS history a team that's been as dominant that struck out on a DP. It cripples teams. It, it has. It yeah. does because you spend a ton of money. That's where Bob Bradley, for me, I don't care what anyone tries to tell me about what's going on with the other teams. Bob Bradley's MLS coach of the year because I didn't think the jump would be as dramatic. But here we are, 20 games in. They've got they've won 14 games. They've scored 53 goals. Their goal differential is 36. You can go on and on with the stats. But then it's also the style of play. It's your eye test that all of us ex-players like to say, but some of us don't really know what we're talking about. But we like to say, oh, look by the <laughs> eye test. No, when you watch LAFC, you can see there's a distinct style of play. But because of how 2018 ended, I still think there's a little bit of revenge, redemption, whatever buzzword you want to use. There, Bob yeah. Bradley may not want to say it, but those players that were there last year, they want to make sure they finish the whole 90 minutes and dominate. I think that's why Friday night's going to be interesting. I'm curious, as a as an ex-player, when you look at someone like Latif Blessing, as we talk about, mm-hmm. Andre Horta was the guy that we wanted to be uh, the the progressor of the ball, the guy that's going to move the ball forward. And then we we plug in Latif Blessing, and it kind of changes the style. Now we're a pressing team that wins the ball high. But Latif still has his moments of quality. But I want to know more about a guy that goes from being a winger to playing right back and now a center, center midfield, a central midfielder in a hub of the team. Like, have you ever seen a player in your playing days make those? You don't jump from that. You usually go fullback. Maybe you become a winger. Well, first maybe off, you go. First off, it's a credit to Latif Blessing. Because it honestly shows his versatility. It shows his ability to adapt to different situations. And so many of us initially when we saw him at Kansas City thought he was just a speed guy. He's going to get wide and get in behind. Well, that's because he was playing wide. But what we've seen in the middle, his ability to press the ball immediately when it turns over. He's actually pretty tidy in possession, surprisingly. You know, right? So many of us thought um, that he wasn't that way. But look at Conte. Conte was playing in the eighth division. And then all of a sudden he wins a World Cup for France in 2018. He was a wide player that some coach said, you know what, I'm going to play him in the middle. Again, that's credit to Bob Bradley. Because at some point, Bob Bradley said, hmm, I need to try this. Now, it's up to Blessing to run with it. And Bob be the first person to tell you that. But everything can't be. And too often in our country, and especially right now with the U.S. men's national team, we talk X's and O's and think it's black and white. A lot of soccer, which is why we all love it, it's gray. It's gray. Yeah. There isn't there isn't a blueprint. If there was a blueprint, we'd all be doing the same thing. It's not like American football. It's not like basketball where you try to cre- copy the best in the world. You've got to be able to adapt. I'm shocked at how well Latif Blessing has done. Credit to him. But I'm also shocked at the, eye, at the foresight from Bob Bradley to say, no, that's the guy, the guy that I watch for Sporting Kansas City <laughs> play wide and run by everyone and have heavy touches. No, I'm going to play him in the middle. Really, it's been, it's been fun to watch. It's been a great eye-opening experience for me to call. It's made me better because now when I assess games, I can't be as maybe strong as I want to on opinion because a player like Aaron Long, another example. Uh, for the MLS listener, I know I'm going off track from LAFC's podcast here, but Aaron Long was a this center is, midfielder. In this is for the Everyman podcast. It is. Right. Right. But like so they, we get are, told to stop talking about music, stop talking about other no, things. This is why you guys are a must listen. This is yeah. uh, thank you very much. You heard the man. But we're clipping that. <laughs> but look at it. Look at Aaron Long, center midfielder, was in Seattle, forward in college, and everyone was like, oh, I don't know. And then Jesse Marsh 
by the way, disciple of Bob Bradley, don't find that ironic, says, you know what, you're going to play center back. Now all of a sudden, Premier League teams are looking at him. I just, I, I think Latif Blessing, as great as Carlos Vela has been, and he's going to have a historical season the way this ends. I get all that. But when you get into the weeds, Atuesta, K and Blessing have been remarkable. Did you coach him on the segue? Yeah. No, no, no. I did the segue. It's great. That's why, I, I, first of all, coach, look how excited he coaching, got. He segued it. Coaching and vision in this league doesn't get any, does not get nearly enough credit as it deserves. And there's a lot of coaches here who have that and are, you know, they're, they're nimble where they're able to find yes. a player and put it. So it's a good I think that's something that Major League Soccer should get more credit for. You mentioned the midfield, and we had a discussion here, and it was amazing the uh, the width and breadth of responses we got. We said, Carlos Vela is the best player, the most important player for LAFC. Who is the second? And we got a ton of different answers. Who do you, who do you think is the second most viable player on this team? See, it's right, o- right off the top of my head, and the first thought is Atuesta. Okay? That's my first thought, right? But then, Why? Why is that? Um, because he does so many little things that end up building and compiling and culminating into the play from Diego Rossi or the play from Carlos Vela or Diamande and Ramirez finishing you know, the plays off when they do. Atuesta fills the gaps very well. His ability, I mean, I, we could go through a highlight reel right now of six or seven passes from a spot that you wouldn't think he saw Diego Rossi or he saw Carlos Vela. But I'm not doing it justice if I don't talk about those three in the midfield as, as, a, unit. as a unit. Because yeah. Mark Anthony Kay has been a revelation under Bob Bradley. Um, how many people saw him play in USL before Bob Bradley was even back in this country? You know, and, and everyone goes, oh, to- well, you know, everyone. We just found him. No, no, I'm not totally sure about that. He was in USL, right? And, and people were talking about him. And then Latif Blessing, who we just talked about. I, I just, but top of my head, my job is to give an opinion. I, I say out to Westa because it, there's just so many little things he does and, and special things that I think opens up the game for Rossi and Vela. I think that's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you've been great to us, and I don't want to hold you from Bob Bradley because yeah, I've, I've been guilty of this before. 90 seconds. Hey, However, if he, if he asks you, why are you late? Do, yeah, I'll just blame, I'm blaming on you. Throw it on us. Sure. Yeah, we'll we're, we're going to put this on you because we get this every, week in and week out, and you are Perfectly placed to answer this question and also take some heat off of us. Yeah. Christian Ramirez, Adama Diamande. Every week I get told, this guy should play, this guy should play. I hate this guy. He can't finish. This guy does this. For for your eye test and as a center forward, pick between them. Tell me what you like about both players and tell me if it was you. Who is the number nine well, on this team? Off, first off, A great number nine. We forget as a broadcaster, great anything, number nine. Anything to have been the number nine on this LAFC team <laughs> right now. Um, one, if they had a helmet that was big enough, it'd be great. But the, in all seriousness, and I tweeted this, if Diamande plays the way he did against the Houston Dynamo, LAFC are virtually unstoppable. And the reason why, compared to Christian Ramirez, now listen, I've seen Ramirez at all levels in the NASL, in Minnesota United, then in Major League Soccer. He has the ability inside the 18 to put the ball away. However, he's a rhythm guy. And this year, I've seen him miss a couple opportunities that he traditionally in his career doesn't miss. So now I wonder if he's not playing every week 90 minutes, and that's what Bob's trying to find, then I'm not totally sure Christian Ramirez is going to be firing on all cylinders. Now the question is, is Diamande going to be engaged? 
Because the two finishes against Houston, I'll put up against anyone as two of the best finishes in this league. And granted, that's going uh, Raul Rui Diaz. Rui Diaz, excuse me. Seattle versus Atlanta. I'm calling the game. That's an unbelievable finish. But the header Diamande had against Houston, that's difficult to teach. If he plays at that level, and I'm not just talking about heading the ball in the upper 90 and finishing the difficult plays, he's got the ability to play off the shoulder. He's got the ability to stretch the back line. He's got the ability to actually occupy both center backs, not in front of them, behind them. And when you do, then you can't sit in and just defend the channels and say to Vela and Rossi, you're going to play east-west. You're not playing north-south. Diamande gives them ability to do that. So for me, it's Diamande. But the problem is he's not always been 100% engaged, and that's why you're seeing this cycle between both players. Imagine if they spend a DP on number nine. Everyone's wondering, and they say that, what's going to go with that DP. But I love that this club's like, we are not using it. we don't have to use it right now. That's We're going to find it, and that. it's going to be the perfect person. And they can, they can allow to do that. If you can't get to Dignity Health Sports Park on Friday night, you're in good hands. Taylor, John Champion will be calling the game. Check it out on ESPN. Taylor, really appreciate your time. Good. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Awesome. Thank All you. Right. He's inside. Rossi.